Right, we're ready to start our preview, guys. Belmont Strickland Stakes Day, rail is out two metres. Uh, I think we're looking at around a soft five, depending on how much rain we get in the next couple of days. Michael, what are we looking at from uh, a weather point of view? Yeah, clear conditions today, one to five mil forecast tomorrow, five to 10 Saturday, but not hitting until the afternoon and evening. So I'd probably assume it'd be around a soft five, maybe a soft six at absolute worst. I don't think we were going to be seeing uh, bog conditions, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think the I know the tracks have been rain affected recently, but I think the forms held up quite well. I think the good horses are still are still winning. There hasn't been too many odd results. I wouldn't have thought, Pete. No, no, the form seems to be standing up pretty well. Yeah, yeah. The rail at two meter at two meters is an interesting position. It's there's only been at the two uh, twice in the last two years, and one of those last year was uh, only that the rail was only in the two meter from the eight hundred to the four hundred. 400 metre point. The rest was in the true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think six of the nine winners came from the first half of the field. The other time when it was the rail was at two for the entire, uh, seven of the eight winners came from the first half of the field and I think two led and one. Uh, so probably back markers doesn't really appear to be suited by that conditions. Couple that with the soft track. Okay. Do you think we'll be getting a ice cold rail this time, Pete? <laughs> we need to channel uh, the racing guru to answer that question, I think. Um, like Michael uh, just mentioned off air before, we both tend to plan for a leaderish track and then adapt if it's otherwise. And you're right, 75 or 80% of the time by doing that, I think. And the way I do ratings is that by continually rating horses and the, the, the races are leaderish, you tend you tend to get ratings that are built in with a leaderish kind of bias and uh, I'm quite happy with that. The only time it throws me is when you get a run on track. Okay. All right. Race one, 11.58am. It's the free entry to Belmont Plate for the two-year-olds. This horse has already cracked a couple of mentions in the show already. Billy Ain't Silly, a very well-regarded first starter from the uh, Colin Webster stable, two from two from trials, be taking on... um, Madam Torio, they seem to be the two that are leading the market in the at this early stage. Madam Torio, a very impressive midweek winner, first up for Martin Allen. Pete, have you got any early thoughts on the two-year-old thousand on Saturday? This is a really interesting race, mm. I think. I don't have a strong opinion on it necessarily, but there's so many layers to this race. You've got Billy Ain't Silly, which has been so impressive in its trials and has been touted by the stable as perhaps being better than Rain of Fire, which is a big call. Mm. Uh, consequently, it's opened up very, very short in the market, I think. You've got Bourbon Bow, which is trained by Simon Miller, the king of the kids, and trialled very well, but you know that they're going to race probably even better than they trial. It tends to be the way he does it. Um, interesting to see a son of Brazen Bow go around as well, one of the uh, elite size, up-and-coming size in the country at the moment. Ginger Green, I thought, was super at the trials. Mm. It ran the same time as Billy Ain't Silly sat three deep, no cover, was very green. But gee, it savaged the line, I thought, in the last 100 metres of that trial. I think it's got a great deal of upside as well and a great deal of potential. Madame Torio spanked them at the midweek, what was it, 5.7 lengths running away. It was a super impressive speed performance. And I'm really interested in, in the continuance. At this stage on Thursday, it's still in the field. It ran, I thought, a very promising race yesterday for us on, on Wednesday. Set outside the speed, a pretty hot speed. Um, Genora sat behind the leader and faded. Continuance kicked to the front 
and only got run down late by a Pike special along the rails. Um, backing up off three days is a bit of a Lindsay Smith specialty. I'll be very interested <laughs> with, to see with, how... With two-year-olds? <laughs> well, I don't know about two-year-olds, yeah. but if you look at... Oh, I don't look at uh, figures a lot. It's more anecdotal, but yeah. he tends to, to do very well backing horses up. Um, he would know his horse pretty well. It must be fit and well um, to be doing that. If he does do it, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I think 18 or $21 somewhere I saw is, is a shade of overs if it does take its place in the field. Continuance for Pete. Michael, what were your thoughts on the baby's race? Yeah, not a strong opinion. Two-year-olds aren't uh, my bread and butter, so I'll leave this one to you boys. But yeah, interesting continuance. Third run in the space of 14 days. I think it is, was only 11 days between runs heading into that second up run. I love the three-day backup, but with two-year-olds, a uh, bit of an interesting move. Too spicy first up, no mm. trial. Uh, not unusual for the 30-yard, but a little bit unusual for a two-year-old. So be interesting to see uh, how she comes back. But I'm just really looking forward to Billy Ain't Silly. There's a bit of hype on this horse, and uh, he was scratched a couple of weeks ago, but uh, apparently he's all is well now. So... Uh, Colin Webster's had a pretty good run with his two-year-olds in recent times as well. His yard as a whole is is going quite nicely. So looking forward to seeing him bring it to the races. So I don't want to put you on the spot, but what has, has Jerry um, got a spring in her step when she talks about um, Billy Ain't Silly? Yeah, this Jerry is the Nosky, horse she's been waiting yeah. for for a while. Uh, I actually asked her the other day, how does he compare with, with Rain of Fire? And uh, I think ability-wise, they're, they're fairly similar from what I can gather, but Rain of Fire is a real ready-made uh, sort of compact, muscular type of two-year-old. Billy Ain't Silly is a bit, a bit gangly, a little bit dumb in the head still, more of a slow maturer, but can go up just as well. So whether he takes it to the races, this prep or no remains to be seen, but I think uh, in preparations to come, there there might not be much between them. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm, I was very keen, Billy Ain't Silly, uh, first up two weeks ago, he was scratched with an elevated temperature. As as Michael said in, in his spiel, Colin Webster Camper, they're doing all the right things with their whole, with the whole stable, stable wide really at the moment. So you can't really fault that, that yard. Uh, I wouldn't imagine they'd be taking a horse that they've got such a strong opinion of to the races unless they thought he was cherry ripe. I'm gonna, I'm gonna lock in Billy Ain't Silly on top as um as when i was looking for about three 370 for him um i think there's a bit of 360 365 available at the moment hopefully can can get out towards my price madam toria how, how can you knock that um first up win she's just gonna begin well run she's got pace to burn if she if she keeps going and runs a figure like she did um the other day then Good luck catching her, but I'm, I'm with you, Pete. I'm, I quite like Ginger Green as well. Shock result, I think, was the horse that Ginger Green gunned down late in his trial win. Shock result came out and run second on debut at Belmont yesterday. So there's a bit of a, you can line up the form there. I think Ginger Green's the pick of the, the first starters, but really keen to see how Billy Ain't Silly goes. If we can get around the 370 mark, that'll that'll do me. Madam Toro, hardest to beat. Ginger Green, the best of the first starters. Race two is the Ascend Sales Trophy Handicap over 1,300 metres. Uh, the very much hyped three-year-old Windstorm, who we've already discussed, he goes around at prohibitive odds. Winkers on, low draw, 54.5 kilos, eight-horse field. Just looks set up for another Cerise and White win, Michael. What, 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 what do we make of, of this horse? And um, I guess, is everything else just in the running for second? I think so. He's 
coming up through the ranks very, very quickly. His first up performance was absolutely unreal. The, how slow they went in that race and his late splits to uh, almost really in, in the Pacific. He, although he was beaten as a $1.40 pop, he literally could not have ran any faster over the, uh, over the final stages of that race. First up, bit of a, uh, sorry, second up, uh, a bit of a funny race. Not mm. sure of the quality or the strength uh, coming out of that, but still uh, recorded a nice closing splits. And these Cerise and White runners, especially when the winkers go on, Grants and Alana, they mm. jump out of the ground when the winkers go on and their elevation race to race is, uh, is limitless. Uh, usually, so I'm expecting him to get the job done and relatively comfortably. No worries. So, if, if favourite out, who would you be? Uh, who would you think is uh, is going to run second? I suppose. Uh, I actually thought War God mm. was uh, was over the odds. Interestingly, uh, a much better horse when able to lead. I'm not too sure if he'll um, be able to lead this race. I think Turbo Power probably jumps to the front. Military Ruler will be uh, keen to lead, but uh, War God's peak form. Uh, has, is very, very strong, stronger than this field. He hasn't uh, drawn a gate for a couple of runs. He's had to go back, not really his go, and gets some uh, pretty nice weight swings against some of his, his rivals from recent starts as well. So if he can lob one out, one back, I've had him as a clear second. He was the only other runner I had in single figures in this race. Military ruler, uh, nice return. I, I love the backup, as I said earlier, but Resuming first up off 12 months, no trial, backing up seven days later, a bit of a query as well. Uh, now a rising nine-year-old, I'd be surprised if if he won the race. So Windstorm clearly on top and, and War God a clear second was was the way I saw it. What about you, Pete? Yeah, no argument here. Definitely Windstorm on top. I agree. War God, clear second. Mm. Probably the value, I agree. War God, if, if you'd want a bet around Windstorm. I can't get Windstorm as short as the market. I'm looking on now, it's a dollar twenty-two. Um, crazy price. I wouldn't be entertaining the price. I think it'll win, but mm. leave me out. War God, if you can get anywhere near even money a place about it, I'd be looking at that. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like we're all on the same page here. Windstorm, super duper short. I, I like what you touched on with the winkers there. Um, I noticed they whacked winkers and maybe a, a bit of um, mouth gear on um, showmanship. Um, from moving from first up to second up, and he just he was electric when the winkers went on second up. So, um, windstorm, you're right. There was a bit of a odd odd race that uh, when he won second up uh, against the the older horses, but he just did what he had to, and obviously he had he had a class edge there. But I expect the winkers to to really sharpen him right up, and he could make a mess of these on Saturday. Um, and I'm in alignment with you guys. I reckon War God's a standout. Standout second pick. Two starts ago, he was third behind Labor Rod and Festival Miss. That form reads pretty well against the likes of when you're lining him up against horses that are shorter than him in the market, Military Ruler, Nelson's Flight and Firemaker. So I'm with you guys there. I think War God is, um, is a standout second pick. I think the map's the key to him as well. Yeah. That He's a real map horse. Yeah, and there was there was actually a bit of, there was a few people wanting to tip him and there was a few people on him last start too, but he got back to last, um, passed a few, late but it was he was just never in the race it was just it was just um a bit of a non-event for him from that draw you're right from three he's gonna park up in in a suitable on pace running position and um and yeah like uh neville parnham chris parnham yeah it's uh for me he's the, he's the standout second selection so we're in agreement there as we move on to race three it's the tab touch west speed platinum handicap over 1400 meters Pete the punter, what have you got for our listeners? 
Oh, nothing exciting here. I'm pretty much with the market. I like Zephyr Queen. Uh, 3.20 in the market at the moment is, is pretty close to what I got. I got it at 3.30, a pun in an 80% market. So the race really seems to suit it. It's drawn to Chloe as a party with the claim. Racing well, was a super run last time, got run down by a good one in, in Western Pride, and I think it was a fair way back to third from memory. Yep. So um, very keen Zephyr Queen. The, the danger for mine is, is the Paul Harvey ridden position of power. Just not sure quite where it gets to from the barrier. Um, so there's a little query there. Uh, it's fairly firm in the market at under $4, so I wouldn't be entertaining backing that at that price. I'm into Zephyr Queen from position of power. And then a fair way back, I've got horses like Locker in and Parisa, which I'm not interested in betting on. So for me, full steam ahead on Zephyr Queen. Yeah, it does look set up for her, doesn't it? Michael, Can you um, are you in the Zephyr Queen camp? Yeah, Zephyr Queen on top. She's racing super. I think she'll get conditions to suit. She'll be able to get her easy enough lead. Not too sure where position of power gets. Career best performance in my ratings last uh, time out, but I think he'll be three deep the trip and uh, beat the bell, huge win the other day, but probably settles last. Mm. Um, bar trade is an interesting one. I like dropping back to 1400 meters, bit of an unfashionable galloper. Uh, coming from an unfashionable metro yard, probably gets under the uh, the radar a bit, but I thought uh, only, only three starts ago, beating ahead to Son of Bacchus in a 66 plus, and I think he's a better 1400 meter horse and is one of the, the map winners here. Uh, lock her in, big step up for her. Parissa, very, very unlucky uh, last start, but steps up, but Parissa's run two starts ago was actually uh, quite good behind Tawny Pete. That was in a 66 plus in a, in a high rating race as well. So uh, a little bit open outside of Zephyr Queen, but I'm expecting Zephyr Queen to lead and be pretty hard to beat still. What were you thinking price-wise about Zephyr Queen? I had her 350 at 100% market. So um, yeah, under under my price at the moment, uh, based on, yeah, based off the ratings that I had, but yeah. uh, still an on top selection. Yeah, yeah. I've got Zephyr Queen super short. She's just about my best of the day. Last start, she she it, there was a surprise leader in the race. I think it was Lickety Split, um, which meant that she sort of had to sit second outside leader. Did plenty of work. Was just left a sitting duck for a class horse in Western Pride. But prior to that, when she found the rail in front at Belmont, she just she blew them away midweek. Chloe has a party on board to the tune of three and a half lengths. I, I think she's going to find the race the, the rail in front again control kick away I, I yeah i think she's just about she's just about my best of the day i had her a two, 260 chance i thought there was lots of horses in this just making up making up the numbers position of power the obvious second pick he um i just like the way that he really he had a bit against him last start but he just kept kept surging surging to the line behind captain kink um who was able to dictate in front but position of power was really strong late um, gives the impression he's looking for the 14 now a bit like you, Pete, and Michael maps awkwardly, but David Harrison, Paul Harvey, when when they uh, when they run hot, they they they're a combination worth following. And we saw a little bit of it last week from the Harrison Yard with Power of St George and Cryptic Love winning uh, Power of St George. A good result for you, Pete. It was actually yeah, had a very good result on it for David. It's previous and uh, had it had it much shorter than what the market did. So very happy with that one. But the Harrison Yard are one of those yards, though, aren't they? We where once they hit a bit of form, I think you can just follow the them stable wide. There, he's 
pretty very good trainer uh, in his own right. But when they when they run hot, geez, they, he can churn over the winners. And Harvey running hot too at the same time, as you say, he's yeah. uh, he's a reinforcement of that. Yep. Yeah. For me, Zephyr Queen, as I said, just about my best of the day. Scared of position of power, but that's probably the only, the only possible danger I would suggest. Like Michael, I'll be throwing. But I threw Bar Trader into my four. I like him back to the 14. He sort of was on speed in a race when he ran fourth um, midweek the other day. And the first three that finished in front of him all came from back. So I think he did well to, to box on from an on, on speed point of view. But for me, this race just looks set up sweetly for Jimmy Taylor, Chloe as a party and Zephyr Queen. All right. Race four, the Glenroy Chaff Handicap. Three-year-old contest over the 1,400 metres. And Pete um, alerted us to a very important scratching this morning, Pete. Uh, yes, I uh, was tuned into Tab Touch at 8 o'clock, just hopped into Master, oh, sorry, just hopped into Bright Diamond at the 260, and uh, one second later it drifted to 265 was the first thing that happened, so I got that price wrong. And then Massimo came out straight after, which was the horse I was opposing in the race. So took all the fun out of it. So yeah, Massimo out of uh, out of race four. Leaves it at really a two-horse war, you'd think, between Bright Diamond and Levitate. Levitate was super last start. I thought Bright Diamond was very brave as well. Mm. Um, Bright Diamond was beaten by Mood Swings, which was a great result for me. Um, that was the Indian Pacific form. I think that's pretty strong. Uh, Levitate just failed to run down Indian Pacific also, so they kind of match up pretty well. I'm going with Bright Diamond. It's getting a fair chunk of weight off of Levitate, uh, three and a half kilos, or sorry, less of that with the, with the claim for Chloe. Mm -hmm. But Bright Diamond, I think, probably has more upside to it than Levitate. I think Levitate was excellent last start, but what you see is what you get there, whereas Bright Diamond might still be improving. So I'm going to side with Bright Diamond in this from Levitate. Okay, so just from a, a bookies and a punter's point of view, when there's a scratching like that, do you ha do you have to go back and redo your whole market all over again? How, how do you how do you adjust for like a significant chunk of the of the percentage of the market just evaporating? Like what what's what's the process there? Well, I guess the same as how you would accommodate for it as well. Yeah. You take the horse out and and and, and uh, just uh, recalculate your figures. But uh, barriers come into it. Doesn't make much difference here in a in a small field, but. Um, yeah, just take the horse out. Unfortunately for me, Massimo didn't take out a huge chunk of my market, okay, yeah. uh, which means that Tab Touch will take out a huge chunk of my my price. So I've left with a probably a bet that I don't want. Yep. Okay. Michael, can can you can you see anything other than the 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 obvious two in Bright Diamond and Levitate fighting this one out? No, not now. I had Massimo clear second uh, prior to that. Huge dropping grade for him. He rated through the roof for, for my ratings. He's Contested exclusively 68 and 72 plus all age company and was dropping back to a three-year-old uh, 62 plus. He'd backed up once and and won that race. I think the 14 was up his alley as well. But now that he's taken out, uh, Bright Diamond should get an even better run in transit. Not too sure who's back uh, that she'll get in the run. Probably three E's now might be 1-1, maybe Bright Diamond 1-2. But... Levitate was a career best performance last time out. Uh, I think that was something like 10 lengths above average. It was a crazy uh, tempo race or seven lengths above average or something along those lines. So expecting him to uh, be able to cross to the front, probably Puckapaniel on their outside, but two horse race. Mm. Yeah, it does look set up uh, for Bright Diamond. I'm with Pete, I think. Some people might have thought she she was a bit disappointing last Saturday. I actually thought that was 
that yeah she she actually went up in in my ratings uh, for her effort last last week. She sort of got cluttered away when the three wide line formed, had to come back around, launched, and was just really attacking the line with strength, even though it looked like it was you know in vain. She just sort of kept and kept coming and ran mood swings to to a neck. They went uh, horrendously slow last start as well, yeah. which in the pseudo should be more genuine speed here. Yeah, yeah. So I, th I think, and I think the fourteen should be up early as well. Uh, looks a really progressive. Progressive Philly gets a nice weight swing on Levitate. Does Levitate lead now? Massimo's out. Is that what we're what we're thinking? Yeah, I had Levitate leading anyhow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Levitate with uh, Chloe as a party. He, he won't be. He'll be no no pushover. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see how that eventuates because he's got a bit of class about him. Levitate. He set out after Indian Pacific um, bravely last night and just missed on the line um he's a real competitor so he'll make life difficult for for um bright diamond but the horse i wanted to to discuss is pucker Punyal. really have really really like this filly um bright diamond beat her fair and square first up i think she, uh, being a lindsey smith horse will come forward off that run 17 days into a second up run rising to 1400 meters no real knock on cjp would love to have seen Harvey on this filly, Paul Harvey on this filly, but um, CJP starting, Clint Johnston Porter's starting to get his eye back in. I think Pucker Paniel can, can just um, make things quite interesting for Levitate and, and Bright Diamond. I'm tipping Bright Diamond on top. Um, she's the obvious uh, selection. Um, Levitate, very smart horse in his own right, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Pucker Paniel give this a real, real shake. I think Pucker Paniel's over played in the market at $4 as it is at the moment. I thought Bright Diamond came from behind it at that midweek, ran past it. I just can't see Pucker Punyal turning the, the tables on Bright Diamond. Um, so my strong angle on the race would be that uh, Pucker Punyal's at $4 is way too short. If I was fielding, I'd, that's the one I'd be taking on. Okay, same. All right, so it looks like the Cerise and White um, Brigade will continue on their merry way. Very, uh, very promising filly in Bright Diamond. Um, but still, there's, um, again, we, we're seeing some really gifted three-year-olds in our ranks this season. Michael, we're quite blessed at the moment with some of the talent that's going around. Yeah, it's been uh, one of the stronger years three-year-old-wise. So. Uh, especially Bob, he just keeps tuning them out. He, when you think he's got a, a star on his hands and he just keeps bringing one out of, out of the woodwork and it seems to be better than the previous one. Yeah, that's Not right. Not a bad position to be in, is it? That's right. And, you know, we've got um, the A graders like, like KC, but we've, we've got a bunch of horses just below them in, in your labour rods, your red can mans, Jericho, missiles, you know, even horses like Indian Pacific who just looks like a really – he's just a crack sprinting three-year-old there's a there's a whole host of them that are um not necessarily all bob so it's even dig deep when he when he's right obviously he's um he's a he's a real talent the red um, can man form looks pretty pretty strong now to be see he, he'd be a railway uh that, that'll be his aim this year i'm assuming yeah hopefully i think i think um i think we might be seeing red can man soon um in in one of the uh feature winter sprints over the next month or six weeks um he'll have a short campaign from what i've led to believe and then the the target as a four-year-old um getting perhaps getting in the railway on the minimum is probably the risk is rating up a yeah so. probably the the race that um the stable would be looking to target with with a horse like him um but regardless they're going to have a lot of fun he's just a really really good horse and um so it's, it's exciting that we've got 
I mean, we did lose three, four, five of our um, smart three-year-olds to, to Hong Kong uh, recently, but it still looks like we've got a real depth of talent, which hopefully will progress into four-year-old in the new season and um, really fill up those, those ratings races and those group enlisted races with some, with some more talent. They've got deep pockets in Hong Kong, don't they? They sure do, yeah. Well, the Karakata plate winner, I'm a single man's off to Hong Kong, and I imagine anything um, anything that's, that's sound uh, and, and showing a bit of talent will be um, the target of significant offers from, from Hong Kong. Um, so, yeah, hopefully we can we can keep on to, um, you know, keep a critical mass of our, our top-end talent here in Western Australia for, for us WA Racing fans anyway. So... Moving on, race number five is our feature of the day, the Han Super Dry Strickland Stakes, the third leg of the, uh, or the fourth leg rather, of the Wait for Age Winter Series. Um, looks like uh, the Cerise and White versus Impressive Racing on paper, doesn't it, Michael? Yeah, sure does. I think uh, both of uh, the Cerise and White runners were hitting the markets. I'm just getting it back up now. I did see a market go up yesterday. Yes, Perfect Jewel 320 and Mississippi Delta 340. The Velvet King also 340 and Gatting at 850. I had uh, Mississippi Delta on top. Nothing, Perfect Jewel hasn't done anything wrong at all. I think uh, she's a mare that clearly uh, excels in, in the wet going. Not sure if the track will be as wet uh, this Saturday, but I think Mississippi Delta will have a, a map advantage and more importantly gets out to the 2,000 metres. I think third up, this would have been the race that they would have targeted uh, for her. I think she has more upside than probably the more better suited weight for age horses in the race, uh, like the Gaddings and Material Mans. They're out and out weight for age horses, but I think uh, Mississippi Delta would have been set for this and is a winner with the map, winner with the distance. Pike, I'm uh, happy to go her way to uh, end Perfect Jewel's winning streak. So what do we do with the Velvet King? He's missed the start the last couple, been gunned down late by Perfect Jewel. I, I suppose the beauty of the rising to his first crack at 2,000 metres is easy, even if he does miss the start in this nine-horse field that he's going to have time to work forward and take up the front-running duties without without burning too much fuel, you would have thought? Yeah, still thought he had his chance last start despite missing. Uh, he obviously was slow out by a length or so, but... Had a pretty favourable run in transit and I thought he was beaten well on his merits and 1,600 metres, in my opinion, is probably at his limit. So although they're not going to go overly quick here, 2,000 metres is a bit of a query, especially when you have genuine staying weight for age horses camped on his back. I'd be uh, pretty happy to take him on at the $3.40 if, if I was bookmaking. So the, the other of the impressive racing duo, Gatting. Was he just too bad to be true the other day, Pete? Or what, what do we make of that performance? He he ran second in this race last year to Galaxy Star. He did run last at Belmont in a five-horse field before going to Flemington next start and winning a Group One. So he is the he is the kind of horse who can who you can never really discard or, or dismiss or underestimate, Pete. That fifth of five was uh, Lee Newman inspired, I think. So we can overlook that run. <laughs> Um, in terms of these top... He got laid. <laughs> in terms of these top horses, Humidor, Getting, Material Man and even Taxigano, I've, I've given up on them. I've been mm. waiting for them to improve through this Wait for Age series and I just haven't. Um, Humidor 8th, Getting 10th, Material Man 11th, Taxigano 9th. 
are really starting to think they're just making up numbers here. I know they're getting out to 2,000 metres, which will suit them better, but they haven't fired a shot yet and, and I've given up on them. I think this becomes pretty simple now. The, the field's fallen away, but there's only nine starters. The Velvet King gets a soft lead, but he's questionable at the 2,000. He may or may not run it, but to my eye, Perfect Jewel is running down twice, it ran it down easier the second time than it did the first. It's out to 2,000, which will suit it. It's still at weight for age. The horse is in form. It's seven from 21. It's won three group three races from its last four starts. I just don't see why it doesn't win again. And uh, 330 or 320, I think you're getting pretty good value for money. Mississippi Delta might be the danger getting out to 2,000, the Perth Cup winner. I'm just not convinced yet that she's a genuine wait for age star. I mean, Perfect Jewel is. She's done it several times. Um, I'm very much in the corner of Perfect Jewel to make it a three in a row. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Pete here. I uh, I just couldn't map Perfect Jewel to to cha- to challenge Velvet King um, in the Hyperion Stakes the other day. But uh, I think she was the only horse to win all day from that. Uh, from the second half of the field, let well, alone from near last. We spoke about it last bit, which is, wasn't an incredible performance, incredible ride, and just the way that everything just unfolded for Paddy Carberry and Perfect Jewel. But still, she still had to have the, the engine underneath her to be able to take advantage of the, of the favours that came her way. And as you said, Velvet King didn't have, didn't have to go around a horse. Like He has won a Northerly Stakes from the box seat. So it's not like he has to lead yep. to win. The place so, to be on the day. Yeah, so he, I mean, leader rolled off, he's got the run. Perfect Jewel, as Pete said, sort of hunted him down, didn't she? So um, I, I think both Perfect Jewel and Paddy Carberry are in the zone at the moment. Yeah, they just, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, Mayor's in form. I actually think that Perfect Jewel's best is, you know, I mean, she ran fourth, we were talking off air earlier, like she ran fourth in a railway behind <sighs> Galaxy Star a couple of years ago, and it was almost the run of the race. Like, and t- 2,100 metres at weight for age, she was placed behind Galaxy Star and Gadding in a um, Cox Stakes a couple of years ago. So she's she's got weight for age form over a middle distance. She has she has actually competed in a Perth Cup. So I don't see the distance being being an issue. I think she's actually got a slight class edge on Mississippi Delta. Um, that's my personal point of view. Um, absolutely flying, loves Belmont, loves the wet. I think she's gonna she's gonna. Paddy Carberry is just riding her so well. She's going to be ridden patiently, get the last crack at him. Again, good luck holding her out, I think, Pete. I'm with you price-wise. Reckon she's about right. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think Perfect Jewels, yeah. Going to make it three straight. Okay, it's first leg of the late quaddy time, race six. The Schweppes handicap over 1,600 metres. Mitchell Pateman has built up a really good association with uh, a horse by the name of Costa del Santo. Get back, run on type. He's got, he's got a, he's got a big finishing burst on him. This fellow, huge run when second to Serenity Bay when unsuited on the day. I would have thought last start steps back up to the mile, which he was victorious over two starts ago. Is Costa del Santo currently around the 350, 380 favoritism at the moment? Is he the way you're looking, Michael, or you got something else? No, I actually sided with uh, Sublime Image second up. Costa del Santo, uh, racing in career best form and was probably the run of the meeting last time out. But just from a map perspective and uh, Sublime Image, although quite plain in uh, in the same race first up. I just think the elevation second up with uh, with Pike uh, going on and the previous preparation, that 66 plus win from near last was was really, uh, really impressive. And yeah. 
the ratings from that race are superior to anything else in that this field has produced. So from a, a map um, advantage, a rise in distance advantage, a second up advantage and a pike <laughs> advantage, pike I think yeah. the $5 at the moment. I had it priced almost each way of the field, but uh, I had Sublime Image uh, a bit shorter than the $5 at the moment. So I think that's each way all day. And Costa del Santo, a clear second, no knock on him whatsoever. It's purely a map, uh, a map perspective. And I think there's more upside in the Sublime Image at the moment. And uh, from there, I think I was uh, with no apology. I'm just a bit unsure coming out of that gut busting run last time out. It was a very um, high pressure race last week, backing up seven days later, but is a bit of a dropping grade and he is a map winner as well. But at the each way price, I'm happy to go with Sublime Image. Your, uh, one of your uh, jockeys on your roster, Alan Kennedy, has a nice ride in skin and, tin, skin and Tins. She's tough mare, racing well on the quick backup after placing behind Son of a God over 1,200 last week. Yeah, yeah never seems to have uh, much much luck, Skin and Tins. Mm. She's never seems to draw a gate, and she drew a gate two starts ago and was three deep punch in the breeze the trip mm. and still ran a, a nice fourth. Um, backs up off seven days here up to a mile. I thought... Uh, up to the mile, she could probably slide across to settle outside the lead. Uh, probably the only real spot for her, maybe tuck in behind if if something else was to take up that position. And she's always thereabouts. But uh, in my rating, she uh, she wasn't comparable to a Sublime Image or a, or a Costa del Santo still. Okay, so uh, the Cerise and White, Pike and Adam Durant this time, Sublime Image for Michael. Porfurio I should have mentioned as well, had the best last start rating, but uh, probably settles a long way back or, or wide the trip horse that uh, has settled handy previously but I don't think we'll be able to from that draw and we'll be spotting horses like Sublime Image and Costa del Santo a head start mm, okay Pete what, how do you view the first leg of the late Queen I'm not as strongly as opinionated as Michael here mm. this is a really open first leg of the quaddy I'll be going extremely wide probably take the first eight in 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 the numbers for the for the quaddy um, I'm going to pick the Cerise and White, but I'm going to go for the other one, Sentimental Gift. It's uh, had three trials, so it's been, it should be fairly fit for its first up assignment. It's drawn two, it's got Lucky Lactar getting a, getting a claim. <laughs> so if he can uh, utilise the rail, perhaps, uh, rail this could be right in the, mm -hmm. that's it. Uh, he's had nine starts, never missed a place, Sentimental Gift. So um, at, the, at the $10 each way, I think it's a good each way bet, uh, but it's in a race that I don't have a strong opinion of and uh, won't be playing very heavily at all. Yeah, it's interesting where the speed's going to come from too, Michael. Like I, I'm thinking a horse like uh, Ryan Hill and a horse like Plead the Fifth might push forward from a from a high draw and, and look to work forward. Um, other than that, there doesn't really look to be a designated leader. Yeah, in Diamond race. Sneak up to a mile could be one that they might want to go forward with, but Skin and Tins and, and Plead the Fifth, yeah, it doesn't appear to be a, a great deal of tempo. That's why I thought Costa del Santo might've been a bit thin as well, probably would prefer a bit more tempo on, but Sublime Image you would I had uh, the horse settling about one out, two back, um, smothered up midfield and off only a moderate tempo, I think uh, she'd be able to outsprint them. I thought Diamond Tanek was an interesting runner in this mm. race because of the speed map. Um, it's clear the fifth I can see coming across from out wide, but other than that, I couldn't find a lot of speed in the race at all. And Diamond Tanek has, has gone forward in the past. If it was to get a cheeky lead with Chloe getting a claim, it, it might just run a bit of a cheeky race out in front, I thought. Yeah, it'd been drawing wide over 1,300 metres, now steps up to a mile, third up, drawing one. I'd be surprised if it wasn't positive tactics. Yeah, that's why I thought they might look to go forward with Perfurio if, if, um, 
from that draw. But you're right, if, even if dropping she, back from twenty one hundred, yeah, even if she does go forward, it might might be a three wide no cover. But that doesn't seem to be stopping the Brett Pope no. brothers at the moment. They seem to be going quite well. He had an eye catcher at uh, Belmont yesterday, which is on my um, horses to follow list for later in the show. But um, but for me, I'm um, I found it really hard to look past Costa del Santo. He's um, he's just got. Uh, some real weapons this horse uh, only a four-year-old um, uh, taking a real leap forward this campaign winner at Pinjarra um, then, he, then he probably should have won at Pinjarra then he come to town he knocked off Tollman in um, over this track and distance on a, on a soft seven coming from from near last to get the job done chased home a smart one in Serenity Bay last start against the pattern of the day uh, again Mitchell Pateman's just gonna have to take his medicine go back from from gate nine at the moment riding patiently pick his way through the field uh there is always with these type of horses there is the um the the traffic potential traffic issues that he could encounter uh but mitchell paper rides this horse really well he's got the turn of foot to get himself out of a jam if he's close enough to sublime image on straightening i think he's got the closing speed to get over the top of sublime image who does look like the um obvious hardest to beat uh, pike on maps ideally you're right that first up run was a bit plain but pro consent was in the the same race i think he finished sixth in that race uh yeah. similar similar finishing positions similar sort of efforts um it was in, a messy type of race yeah wasn't it? it was a funny old race and um anyway pro consent come out and ran his heart out behind power of st george last saturday so they sort of finished alongside each other natural elevation uh second up uh good draw as i said ticks plenty of boxes does sublime sublime image and then for me the third third cab off the rank is perfirio was in my horses to follow last week it was just absolutely massive wide throughout over 2100 meters last start if they push forward and she could even if she ends up if bo banovic edwards ends up maybe outside leader or something like that tough horse perfirio um could could box on but then again we'll probably be left susceptible to the horses with closing speed like costa del santo and sublime image but for me i'm pretty keen costa del santo he'll be getting back charging swooping late eurasia also came out of that serenity bay race and uh ran third beating a length and a half to chantray yesterday as well so both runners to have come out of there have performed well and speaking of Chantre, uh, what's she now? Four from four. Uh, that's the Lindsay Smith trained filly. What do you make of her, Pete? Can she? Could she go to a Belmont Oaks uh, next start and I don't know challenge? Yeah, I'm not sure what's heading that way. Mm. Um, she's four from four. Probably inflates her a little bit to yeah. be honest. I think the first three she didn't beat much. She looked pretty good yesterday. Mm. I have no strong opinion. Yeah. Well, I guess she'll be taking on the likes of KC Cambist. Carrigini Aurora. Historically, you don't have to be a world beater to win a Belmont Oaks. Obviously, we have a Group 1 winner in KC this year, but I think uh, Chantre would be as good as the rest. Yeah, yeah, really, really nice filly. Interesting she moved from the Team Williams to Lindsay Smith, but hasn't taken a backward step. Two from two for Smith this prep, and yeah, it'd be interesting to see how she measures up against the um, classy fillies, including uh, superstar um, KC in the Belmont Oaks moving forward. Okay. Race seven on the card is the Amelia Park Handicap, 1,000 metres. I might throw to Michael Heaton here. The uh, Dan and Ben Pierce, the Pierce brothers, have the very short price favourite, Essential Spice, resuming first up. Looks a really nice option for this uh, four-year-old man, the Wizard Pike on board. Yes, it sure does. She's built up a great record, Essential Spice. You know what you get with her and loves a soft track, loves Belmont, loves the 1,000 metres. 
Uh, trial was only uh, was it was it was a quiet trial. wasn't knocked around at all, but the track was quite chopped up that day. Uh, Pikey was still very happy. She came through. She has come through uh, all of that quite well. My biggest concern here, though, is if Barricky Beats ends up box seating mm. and Essential Spice is three back the fence. We know what Barricky Beats does at around the 600 every start. He'll be waving the white flag and going back at the rate of knots. So if he <laughs> happens to fall back into Essential Spice's uh, lap, then that could prove to be... Uh, well, it could prove to be a bit of a disaster, really. But outside of that, with even luck, I think she has the most upside in this race. Really came of age. Uh, well, her last two preparations, really. So uh, I think that only the bad luck should see her get beat. But at the odds-on quote, I'm certainly not willing to hop in there. That was shorter than the one I had her, especially with those maps. What were you thinking price-wise? I had her 260 at a, at 100% market. So at, I think even money, it's yeah, it's it's too short. Uh, too short for my liking. So, can you offer offer the listeners anything if they want to play around the uh, the even money fave? I actually thought Super Maxi could be a big improver here. It was pretty plain last time out, but I thought he could uh, lead this race third up, dropping back from twelve hundred to a thousand meters. He's not the same horse as what he was historically. He's got clearly the best uh, ratings in this in this field, and he's not what he was. We know that, but I think if he uh, on the soft track, 1,000 metres, if he can jump to the front, and especially if there are a few traffic issues there. Uh, Sean O'Donnell jumping on as well is uh, is always a pretty good thing for jumping on a first-time horse. Uh, Lockroy, 63 kilos, drawn wide, probably likely to go back. or have to do it tough, three deep. So, uh, yeah, I just thought Super Maxi might get conditions to suit and at around, I think, double figures could probably be the value in the race. Okay. All right, so... Pete McCormick is uh, has a share in Flow number the saddlecloth number two in this race. Are we uh, are we making a case for Flow? I actually thought there was plenty of merit in that first up run the other day. What what, what were your thoughts on on the Martin Allen train Flow? I think it did as much as we expected it to yep. first up. And to be honest, we're not expecting a lot tomorrow. Flow's not a sorry on Saturday. Flow's not really a thousand meter horse uh, drawn out. Um, I think he might be run off his feet a little bit, so look to him to improve as the campaign goes on, is what I'd say about Flo. Um, in terms of essential spice, really classy mare, but yeah, so like Michael, I just think essential spice is a little bit short at the $1.95 as it, as it currently is. I've got it a three-horse race, but different horses to what Michael had. I, I quite like Fire and Rain and, and Night Voyage at the prices. Fire and Rain surprised me last start. I thought maybe he was almost a spent commodity, but he rated really well for me in that cryptic love race, as did Night Voyage, who was desperately unlucky until late getting a run. And a horse that has a lot of upside, it won't know itself with 55. It's been carrying massive weights in lower grades. And I just think the step up in grade and, and the weight relief is really going to suit this horse with Chris Parnham going on. I'm quite keen on night voyage and fire and rain at the prices maybe to top all essential spice first up who although uh, it was given a quiet trial last time i thought it was a bit plain in that trial and and had her best she'd probably round these up these up and beat them quite easily but um i'm willing to take her on first up and look if she returns as good as she was i'll cop it on the chin but at the prices i'll be betting around her with fire and rain and night voyage what was your what was your uh, favourite price there on your eighty percent market for essential spice? Pete? Well, I'm almost too embarrassed to say it's yeah. a little bit longer than what the market is. I've, yep. I've got a, I've got actually got um, Night Voyage on top at five dollars, Essential Spice at five fifty, and Fire and Rain at five fifty also. So taking a bit of a set, set against uh, Essential Spice first up. As I say, if she proves me wrong and comes out and does it, I'll, I won't be overly surprised and I'll cop it on the chin. But 
I'm taking the value betting around her. Okay. So yeah, I um, I, she adds essential spice as we've discussed. Uh, both men have just discussed already. Stands out as the horse to beat, doesn't she? She's Belmont specialist, thousand meter horse. Uh, loves loves a wet track. I think what Michael alluded to, traffic issues, is probably the only thing that's gonna really um, impact her significantly. But she's got the right man on for the job, William Pike uh, from one. Um, I thought the, I thought the Pierce Brothers stable was really really like hit their straps recently. I don't know what the stats have been like, Michael. You'd be able to tell me that, but it just feels like they're 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 um training a lot more a lot more winners and um the the, the team just has a bit of a bit more of a spring in their step and the stable does have uh, a knack of having them wound up ready to go fresh so this ticks a lot of boxes i was a 240 essential spice in my 100 percent market so uh, uh, well under mine as it pre- presently stands pete Pete alluded to $1.95. There's a little bit of 210 around at the moment, but um, I, sus- I don't suspect I'll see the the 240. Michael spoke about the Gan- Ganjimi runner, Super Maxi. They've got they've got three runners in this race, and the one that hasn't got a mention so far is Saraceno. I wouldn't be surprised to see Saraceno run a huge race. First up, he um he's he ran some really good races last prep. Ran third in a scenic blast behind Cup Night was was really unlucky actually. Second in a Munger Up Stud Sprint, trialed well down the um, back straight at Lark Hill on uh, the fifteenth of June. The uh, can, it's hard can, to catch. Hard to catch. Can push forward. Um, very hard to catch. Can push forward from from the draw. I uh, thought was at risk of being caught three eight from twelve. It's yeah. Super Maxi and Fire and Rain drawn underneath. Yeah, I don't necessarily know if that would necessarily worry him too much but yeah that's that's the danger i just thought at the prices he he actually came up as my my second pick i just really took a line through that that cup night performance at ascot last time before his spell I thought his trial was good i could see him running a, the best of him running a big race uh, i think he's had some really strong form around essential spice last prep when she was when she was winning um in this type of company so that's for me and like pete i thought night voyage was desperately unlucky last saturday held up held up held up um that was two starts in a row now he's been held up in the straight just needs just absolutely breathing fire this horse just needs to clear crack at him and he'll he'll give this a shake and fire and rain made my top four as well he um the best of fire and rain is is quite good last up um second placing ran into a red hot cryptic love last saturday um he's going to get his chance up on top of the speed i thought the i feel as though the paul jordan stable has turned a corner recently as well Craig Staple, stable rider on board. But yeah, for me, I think it's this race is set up really nicely for Central Spice. Traffic, the only concern. But I, I do not mind Saraceno at a price. Um, could be mad too later in the podcast. Uh, yeah, I love the way Lockroy trialed as well. Mm. I think I, it might be a fortnight until the Bowfine over a thousand metres. I think that's uh, that. It would be his main aim, probably not his race on Saturday. Interesting that Jared's jumped off Super Maxi to ride Lockroy at 63 kilos as well. I think the horse is going super judging by his uh, his trial. Uh, loves the way Night Voyage is going as well. Mm. He was actually my follow after his first up run. I'm just a bit of a query in this grade and Fire and, fire and Rain, they are my only two queries in this type of company for mm. those two horses, is especially Fire and Rain, a horse that's bled both nostrils, now fourth up, backing off seven days. 
uh, just a couple of things up in grey, which I wasn't uh, a big fan of, but take out essential spice and I think it's a pretty open race. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, we'll see how uh, the Flying Mare Essential Spice returns first up on Saturday. Very short, but does look uh, set up sweetly for her um, to kick off her campaign in style. Race eight is the Crown Perth Handicap, another thousand metre contest. We've already spoken at length regarding David Harrison, Paul Harvey. Pete, are you on the are you in the Silken Eyes camp first up? Uh, yes and no. I've got Silken Eyes on top. Yep. Uh, I do love the fact that Harvey's on it, the barrier, the trial was great. Nothing I don't like about Silken Eyes except the price. Uh, I want something a little bit better than the 350 that's currently on offer. I've got Silken Eyes on top of False Statement, which is also going very well. Mm. Um, it's a clear first, second for me. I've then gone down to End of an Era, which I thought was pretty good and seems to have a bit of upside about it. I've got it for third and then Devoted Star, who I'm a little bit not sure about it. When it won at Bunbury, it exploded to the lead, but after that, it's been a little bit ordinary. So that's in the too hard basket for me at the moment. So no bet for me really this race, but I'll be having a good look at end of an era. And if I get a bit of a price about that, then that might be a little speck in the race, but not a race that I'll be too invested in. What would, you th what, what would get you interested in a horse like Silken Eyes, Pete? I want a fair bit better than that. I've got it marked $5. Okay. And false statement? False statement, I'm 650, so it, about, actually I see it's 650 yeah. on sports better at the moment. So yeah, I might might have a little tickle on that if I can get a little bit better and certainly I'll be watching Betfair during betting proper. Okay, yeah, pretty pretty smart three-year-old, this fellow, Silken Eyes. He's got some real closing speed on him. Uh, trolled up really nicely, like you, 2nd of June. Is that the way you felt, Michael? Yeah, he, and that's who I, he's who I'm most keen on for the meeting, but pretty much echo everything Pete said. It's just the price that I'd like a bit more. I've got him $3 uh, with 100% market. So with, I only bet with if there's a 10% overlay. So uh, 420, 440 is what I'd need to get involved. But he's an out and out fresh horse. So I think the 1,000 metres will suit. Loved the trial and there's a stack of speed here. There's an abundance. There's probably four or five horses who uh, who could potentially lead this race. And I can just see Silken Eyes getting smothered up. Some of his best performances are when there's been a red hot tempo and finishing strong. Uh, for an informed camp and I had false statement second as well uh, super win first up last time out I think Bo got the whip caught up in the reins and was still a really good run the fastest 400 and 200 of the meeting maps well here one out one back well, one that I thought might be for my Maddie territory might be uh, round the point for from the Steve Wolfyard 35 days between runs here drops back from 1200 to a thousand I thought could slide across to settle um, somewhere close to the speed and and give a bit of a side if if it could get across I think $21 I saw go up somewhere before but on a day where it's pretty hard to find some value that's probably the way I'll go for my Maddie selection later on okay yeah I'm pretty keen on Silken Eyes as well got a bit of x-factor this horse um has rattled, has rattled off some some pretty strong performances um, and even competed against some some smart types, including Massimo last preparation. Always looked like he was going to be a horse who would continue to emerge later in his three-year-old and earlier in his four-year-old season. David Harrison has a bit of a sense of timing with him at the moment. Just glided to the line um, behind Prophet Street in his lead-up trial at Lark Hill. Uh, gate two over a 1,000, um, there were similar uh, concerns with 
uh, Paul Harvey and Cryptic Love from a similar draw over a thousand last week, but he seemed to handle that expertly. The Pontiff, I, I just think that Silken Eyes will be will do no work early, um, just just sort of chasing chasing the pack in a way. If the gaps or any clear run, uh, running falls into his lap in the straight, I just think he's just going to explode. False statement, obviously, as as the lads alluded to already. Very nice sprinting type in the making. He's only a four-year-old. Um, first up win was exceptional under Maddie Derrick, who um, making a habit of coming under the arches, isn't she? <laughs> isn't she, Pete? Farah of Scotland again yesterday. Uh, sailed basically down the outside rail um, and won uh, three straight. Um, so, yeah, one first up for Maddie Derrick. Um, then, as Michael said, Bo Banovic Edwards sort of gave... False statement gave her a bit of a bit of a hard ride last start, but still managed to rattle off some pretty sizzling splits late. Very nice uh, horse in the making. One of Terry Terry Layton's favourites, actually. False statement. So be interested to see if the Guru will be getting involved with him on Saturday. And then, of course, it's hard to look past anything wearing cerise and white at the moment. Devoted Star will get back to last with, I imagine, or backish with uh, William Pike from the outside draw. And that's my set against Earth. Yeah. Matt has some pretty pretty significant closing speed in her own right pete mentioned the day that she won on she won at bunbury it was pretty electric if she's within a strike, striking distance she can launch make things very interesting late i just think that silken eyes might might have her her covered fresh on the day i'm pretty keen on silken eyes here and the other horse who would just like to throw in who, who if you're taking trifectas and and first fours is a horse by the name of pure dynamite flies fresh Good draw, nice trial, thousand metre type. Um, it's going to going to get plenty of favours, I would imagine, in the run. Tough sort of Neville Parnham type. He can run into third or fourth, and and um, maybe add a add a bit of bit of value to to those exotics. So that's the, so. But for me, just recapping, Silken Eyes. I I was I was looking for three dollars at a hundred percent market. I was pretty keen on him. Um, so he's. Three, the 350 sports bet at the moment is um, is about right for me. So, Silken Eyes on top. Rebel Yell is a bit of an interesting runner as well with uh, usually flies fresh and second up. Uh, on Saturday, I was quite disappointed with how he went first up. He, I think he'd won three out of four races first up. All his wins have been first or second up, but pretty plain the other day. But he is a horse that's uh, maps better this time out. And he finished second to Caracapo in a 72 plus 1200 last preparation. And now he's in a one Metro win 60 plus thousand. And he does go well fresh 21 days between runs. So perhaps one that could get under the guard as well. Excellent. Yes, he did run some cracking races at Ascot, didn't he, over the spring summer. So, um, okay. Moving on, it's that it is that time of the podcast, listeners. It's Get Out Steaks time. Get Out Steaks is uh, sponsored by the largest retail butcher shop in Perth in Market City Meats. They are located at the Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt runs the show out there. Drop in and say good day. Let him know you're a one-one listener. He'll he'll look after you. Now the Market City Meats Get Out Steaks competition. Very simple, Twitter-based. So what you do is send us who you think will win race nine at Belmont on Saturday and a decimal winning margin. Unfortunately, last week uh, we had two, we had a dead heat. There was um, two fellas who selected Cryptic Love by length. That was Nathan Bennett and Sam White. Unfortunately, there can only be one winner. So we used a- One sausage each. Yeah, we used a a toss of the coin to determine the winner and uh, Nathan Bennett come out on top. Now, 
As a result of that, we've had a review into the way that this competition is being conducted. So from now on, if there's a dead heat, the winner of the Get Out Stakes will be the person who lodges their entries first. And we think that is the fairest way to yeah. conduct this competition. Thanks to Sam White for pointing that out to us. Um, but yes, we, uh, I, I agree and Terry agrees that that is the, moving forward, that's the fairest way we can determine the result of a dead heat. Who posted it first out of Nathan and... Sam White posted first. So this might end up being called the Sam White rule. Oh, so no. um, apologies, Sam, but um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look after you moving forward, especially when our 1-1 one -one merchandise uh, lands in the next few weeks. So just recapping, send us a tweet at the 1-1 one -one pod, who you think will win the last race at Belmont on Saturday, a decimal winning margin, and you'll be in the running for a gourmet beef package from the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, Market City Meats. Now, this is a great race to, to finish the day from a get out stakes point of view. It is a raffle. Pete, the staying races seem to be your bread and butter, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> As you know, I despise staying races. And, and if you look at the form in this race, you can clearly see why I despise them. Picture perfect wins and gets back into 225. Wins like a good thing and then gets beaten four lengths next start, seventh of 14, dark choice 11th two starts ago, Kiora Star runs 13th and then runs a blinder for second and I could go on and on through the field. These horses are so inconsistent and it is so infuriating trying to line them up. And then you and then you throw in a, uh, a horse like uh, bow count and it just uh, changes everything all over again, doesn't it? Actually, bow count's not a bad addition yeah. to the race because at least you know what he's going to do. This is his do you race. Do you well, he'll go forward for sure, okay. and I'm, I think he'll lead this. You know, I think he'll give a bit of cheek in front. But yeah. I'm not quite sure that he'll be winning the race, but at least you can see what he's going to try and do. Whereas some of these others, they just do my head in looking at them. So <laughs> I spent 45 minutes doing it, and then I decided to use my 30-second way of assessing staying races in Perth. And it's actually, a, I think, a very profitable way of doing it. Whenever you get a full stakes Saturday staying race in Perth, what you do is you cross out every horse that isn't trained by Justin Warwick or Adam Durant, <laughs> and then you back whatever's left. Now, I've also got a few layers to this. If the horse happens to be owned by the trainer, you double your stakes. <laughs> and if it's earned less than a quarter of a million dollars in stakes, then you have another unit on it as well. Because Justin Warwick, Adam Durant, when they own these stays, they always win more than a quarter of a million dollars over their career. They just overperform so much that it's actually not a bad system to invoke. So if you're at the races and you come to a staying race, you don't know what to do. Oh, it's not a bad system just to do. Just cross out every other runner other than the Durant and Warwick runners and load up on those. And in this race, you come up with Volkswagen Frank at $21 and I'm more than happy to go that way. Mm. Paul Harvey as well. My man, yes. He and Justin Warwick have... Um really uh, combined very impressively recently. I think uh, since Lucy Warwick hurt herself, she hurt her ankle, I believe. Um, and it, she'll be on the sidelines for a while, but Paul Harvey is deputising while Lucy is uh, is out of action. And geez, they've um, managed to knock up a few wins together, the Pontiff and JT Warwick. Now, Michael, what do you think? I know you're not a huge fan of the staying races as well. But uh, you've done the form. Understatement. What, what, what can you? What can you? Can you throw the listeners a bone in the get out stakes? Yes. Well, I categorically don't do staying races. But at a having a, a look through it last night, I gun to my head. I'd be going with Kiora Star uh, each way. I think there's ten dollars around, and uh, was great ride by Kira, not Kyra, last time <laughs> out. And uh, maps better from a better draw here. Clocked the fastest closing two hundred meters. Uh, was a really good run. 
up to the 2,000 metres. Here, maps better, drops back from a 72 to a 66 plus. Actually comes out of the same race as Volkswagen Frank. Uh, and prior to that Volkswagen Frank, fourth to freeze them off in that hot Saturday race as well, uh, the, the 78 plus. So could certainly make a case for Volkswagen Frank there. And I think that form, Nomada Rue lines up in the Strickland Stakes, but yeah, no strong opinion here what whatsoever. About, uh, what about the Pierce Brothers, Roman Flirts, won four in a row, comes to steps up in grade, no William Pike. Um, what is what do you what do you think? What does the cam think about her measuring up to this grade? Yeah, nice mare. Been a, somewhat of a surprise though. This preparation, I think she's been really well placed every uh, every race she's been in, and uh, and she's got the job done accordingly. But she had a bit uh, added a different string to her bow last time out. It, we had her pegged as a uh, free rolling sort of one pace type and. Uh, Pikey held her up last time out and she showed a really good turn of foot late and he feels that that would be uh, she'd be better suited ridden like that uh, horses up in grade and never my go but one thing with the staying race is you can get away with it coming up from midweek grade to Saturday to Saturday grade in staying events it's a lot harder to do in your 1000 to 1200 meter races so it certainly wouldn't surprise me to see her win but couldn't entertain her at the price. Couldn't, well, to be honest I couldn't attain any stayer at, at a price so uh, couldn't steer you into it yeah, I actually thought she would come up almost double that, to be honest. I'm yep. surprised she's um, – I thought without Pike that the market would sort of push her. Surprise if she doesn't drift significantly. Yeah, yeah. So so when you say she's been a bit of a surprise pack, it took her a while to crack it for that first win and then Pike goes on and all of a sudden bang, 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 bang. Um, he does make a difference, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, certainly. And she was a – bit of a slow maturing type and she had some soundness issues but like this preparation she's been fine she was a really good run first up I think uh, I think Joey or someone might have ridden her and she was three late the trip ran fourth over unsuitable 1200 right, meters and she yeah, was yeah. always going to be better um, up in trip and then I think she stepped to a 14 which is probably a touch too short ran second and since she stepped up to a mile as well as having Pike on she's really come of age and uh, an improving type and a nice type as well, a bit of scope to her. So certainly wouldn't surprise me to pick up uh, if she could pick up some winter Saturday staying races. Now, uh, one of your hoops, Alan Kennedy rides British Bessie. She's been one of my favourites for a while, British Bessie, but gee, she put in a shocker last night. Was there, was there any anything to come of, of that performance? Was it too bad to be true? I don't think Sharon Miller would be bringing her back to the races 14 days later if there was anything amiss with her, obviously. Yeah, uh, she's back on track apparently. I think something happened at the start which put her off her game and it was all over from there on, but too bad to be true. I think she was beaten 18 lengths or something along those lines. And uh, on that day, nothing really made up ground besides perfect duel, but uh, I think 72 back to a 66 plus drawn nicely and soft track should suit. And uh, Sharon said the other day that she is back on track. So uh, there might've been something amiss after that run, but. Like you say, I don't think she'd be back at the races if she wasn't right, but still, I would like to see her uh, produce something before uh, before the wraps are warranted. I think. Yep. Yeah. She's a Dick Turpin after all, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. So, so your your final assessment of the last Kiora Star Kiora Star, Star each way at ten dollars. Kia Aura Kia Star, Aura Star with uh, Kira Yule in the saddle for the Michael Lane camp. Yeah, I am. Um, I. I changed my mind about five times when I was doing the form for this race last night. And, um, you know, I, initially I had Volkswagen Frank on top, like um, like Pete had Divine Shadow on top, shuffled shuffled the decks. 
ended up going back to Roman Flew. I like what you said in your in your analysis there, Michael. I thought I saw something a bit different from her last start because on the turn I thought, oh, hang on, this is uh, she's this, in trouble. Yeah, in trouble. And then not only did she get herself out of trouble, but was drawing clear, yep. w- really quite dominant late. Um, didn't beat a lot, but um, was a was just. Yeah, it was just something different. Whereas the start before, she never went around a horse. They all rolled off. Pikey stayed to the fence and she won comfortably. But it was a little bit of something a bit different from this mare, Roman Fleur. Uh, mare in form, comes to town. Um, I don't think it loses a lot with with Chris Parnham on board. Um, I, I was happy to take the take the um, risk with her rising in grade. I, I can't get anywhere near that price. So I, I thought she was a $8 chance myself. So hoping as Michael suggested, she might um, ease out in the market. Market forces might see her end up um, out near my price closer closer to the start time. Uh, as I said, other than that, I think D- Divine Shadow probably should have won his last three. He's been absolutely massive in defeat. Drawn, drawn horrendously again, probably, you know, probably ends up three wide again. If if it's three wide, no cover, probably can't win. Three wide with the cover, it's gotta be gotta be in the mix. I, um, geez, he just deserves deserves to win one of these races and they do take him in turns. Volkswagen Frank, like, like everything, I liked everything what Pete said and that's the way that I was coming around to it. And then obviously it's the, the two Peters runners which will be well found by the market. Dark Choice and Picture Perfect. Lactar Ramoli, Raul Ramoli, Lucky Lactar. He's got another ride in the Cerise and White Colours. He's on Picture Perfect. Pike has opted for Dark Choice from the good draw caught the eye the other day. But yeah, it's just one of those races. The get out stakes competition is gonna be fun. There's gonna be a whole array of um, entrants, no doubt. Bow count you can make a case for. I'm sure there'll be people um, throwing um, La Bionda, Celtic Diva. They're coming through different form lines as well. This is a real tough race to assess. For me, I'm going with the informed mare, up in grade. Pierce Brothers in a bit of in good order as well. Roman Flirt on top looking for a bit more like $8 on race day.